Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Aristotle once shared how to avoid criticism. Most of us like to be liked. But if we live life long enough, there's going to be criticism. So Aristotle said the way to avoid criticism is this. Say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. Jesus said this. Blessed are you when people insert insult you, say all kinds of evil and things about you, for great is your reward in heaven. So if you hadn't turned to Nehemiah chapter 4, we're going to see how this plays out. Because when we face opposition, there are actually opportunities here. If You and I will handle it right. It gives us an opportunity to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord, to possibly connect further with people, or maybe even the one that criticized us occasionally, and even advance the kingdom of God. Criticism is not fun. If you're Elementary school, it can happen. You're in junior high, it can really happen. Those can be some challenging years. Middle school, high school, and beyond, even as an adult. It's just not something that we just can't wait to receive. We enjoy encouragement. And everybody needs encouragement. We've talked about that before. And some people are just known to be life givers. They bless, encourage, they're full of joy. And occasionally we run across people that are life takers. You feel like after you've been around them, you just, wow, I didn't see that coming. Or maybe you did because you've had a conversation with them before. We, 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 We don't need to be that person as a child of God. We, we don't need to be the one that is... Um, always critical or has a critical spirit. So we need, we need to think about that as we walk through this today. If you've been with us, we've been talking about Nehemiah for now. Even though this individual was assigned by God, he opened up his eyes to do a great work to rebuild the protective walls of Jerusalem. It's like every week as we walk through this, it's very practical for today. I believe it's important when we study the Bible to know what it was about, who was writing it, who, was, who were they writing to, but also in big on biblical application. How does this help us when we walk out these doors? It's very important. So it may be you came today and somebody has been wearing you out with criticism. Well, my prayer is that God will speak to you and he'll help you see 
how it can be a good thing. So here we go. Nehemiah chapter 4, opposition to the rebuilding. Have you been with us? Send Ballot, Geshem, Tobiah, Sandy, Geshi, Toby for short, have been showing up. I mean, they just keep popping up, don't they? Giving on Nehemiah and others a hard time. Well, boy, this is, this is, this is, the, this is the big showdown, really. This is the criticism. They're coming at him with everything they have, and Nehemiah handles it right. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. Now, let me tell you what that means in Mississippi terms. He was ticked off. He was upset. Somebody's about to get hurt in his mind. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. He said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down their wall of stones. Ha, 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 Well, that's not there in the scripture, but can't you just hear it? That's what I hear him saying. Hear us, our God. Here's O Nehemiah. For we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its heights. For the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah... The Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. They weren't just, they weren't just ticked. They were super ticked. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Warren Wearsby said this, The way we respond to criticism pretty much depends on the way we respond to praise. If praise humbles us, then criticism will build us up. But if praise inflates us, then criticism will will crush us, and both responses lead to our defeat. And so, opportunities from opposition. You have your notes? Number one, we see this from verses one and two. Critics often make stuff up. Those that are critical often come up with things in their mind. Now, 
You see, he became angry. I talked about how in Mississippi terms it means he's, he's ticked off. Now, we must remember, the Bible says be angry and sin not. Angry can be a phenomenal emotion, God-given emotion, channeled in the right direction. God can use it in a great way. When we stand up for things that are of God and convictions that we sense, and we're standing up for Jesus. It can be emotion used in a great way at work, at school, and parenting, and other means. But it can also work the other way and cause great damage. Well, he was upset. And in his emotions, he ridiculed the Jews and the presence of his associates, and he started being sarcastic. Feeble Jews. What are those feeble Jews doing? What are those little people doing? So we must check ourselves. Sometimes it's natural when we're upset to want to say and respond in a negative way, but we need to be careful that we don't allow it to to cause us to say things. Because I don't know about you, but once I've said something, you think, oh, I wish I could grab those words back in parenting or in talking to friends or whatever it might be. You think, oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. And so we need to catch ourselves. We need to learn from this and see what kind of company we're in when we, when we do that. He intentionally did what? He said it in front of other people, and he allowed others to hear his junk and his stuff. Sometimes that's intentional, folks. People will be critical of you or something or somebody, not just by themselves, but they may do it around other people. They might be feeling out the room to see what kind of response they can get, or it may be they're just checking out the temperature of how you're going to respond. But it happens, and that's exactly what Sanballat did. You sarcasm. Someone defined gossip as this, news you have to hurry and tell somebody else before you find out it isn't true. Chuck Swindoll says the number one threat to the unity of the body of Christ is not drugs, poor church programs, or even a weak pulpit. It's the tongue. The book of James has a lot to say about the tongue. I have a sermon called The World's Deadliest Weapon. I may have mentioned it. One day I may preach it. And in that, I talk about the tongue, the world's deadliest weapon. And I actually usually try to find a cow tongue from a meat market around and bring it into the pulpit. And I show it to people and they do just like that. And that's on purpose. Because we could get so worked up about that. And I get it, it's really gross. But we can get so worked up at that. And yet, a gossip can enter the walls of this building every Sunday or your workplace or where you go to school or when you get together with your family for the holiday, like maybe Mother's Day. But it's deadly. Sometimes people that are trying to do great things because God leads them to do that, they have people that say things like feeble Some of you know my good friend Jeff Clark in Hattiesburg. Jeff and I went to Mississippi College together. Then we we graduated from Southwestern together. And he went to First Baptist Hattiesburg. And he was the youth minister. And he became the associate pastor and eventually became the pastor. And 
God used Jeff and some other leaders in that church to totally change the paradigm because they sensed that's what they were supposed to do, change the name to Venture Church and relocate out on Lincoln Road. And so Jeff, during a time a while back, really went through some difficulty and a lot of criticism. And one of the things that one of the funniest things to me was that uh, Jeff was accused. Somebody started making an accusation that he had, that he was wearing a toupee. Jeff doesn't wear a toupee. There's nothing wrong with wearing a toupee, but Jeff has this thick head of brown, well, gray hair now, and it's always just been thick. And so they went to great strides to criticize even his hair, saying, that guy is a fake. You think his hair is real? He's wearing a toupee, which is nuts. Next time you see Jeff, go up and pull his hair and say, I just make sure you don't have a toupee. Now, I use that illustration to help us understand this point, number one. Critics often make stuff up, little stuff. Big stuff. But it's going to happen. You say, well, no, no. let me tell you something. It happens. Half truth is a lie. It happens. Number two. Critics try to stir others up. Verse three, we see that. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, meaning sand ballot. What do they build? Even the fox climbing. I mean, he, he just join, he joins in. Now, did you know that vomiting can be contagious? Because that's what San Battle was. He was just rah, vomiting all over the place. And the guy next to him, rah, he starts vomiting too. It can be contagious. You know, when I was a kid, and I'd go to the lunchroom. My wife's down here says, oh, no, don't tell that story. Well, Kelly, some people may need to curb their appetite before they go eat lunch. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I don't know why, but I, I grew out of it. But as a kid, if I'm at the lunch table in elementary school and somebody besides me throws up, I threw out just like that. I don't know. I, I, it's a, it's a, I, looked, I looked it up. It's a, it's a, it's a condition. Y'all are laughing at me. I don't know if I appreciate that. But <laughs> Experts say, look, I'm trying to help you with the practical things of life. Experts say that people who feel the urge to barf, that's probably a better word than when witnessing another person throw up, have good news and bad news. Per the medical experts, the good news is it means you have empathy. See, it's not all bad. The bad news is there's not much you can do about it. <laughs> you just have the condition. But let me share this. More good news for you is this. I grew out of it. So if you upchuck on your way out today by speaking to me, I'm good. <laughs> now, I can't speak for my wife. I thought about the epitaph on Sanballat's tombstone. It might have read or could have read. Here lies a man that spent most of his days sucking the life out of everyone around him. 
Ephesians 4, 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their need. We want to be life givers and not life takers. So critics can make stuff up. Remember that. And let's not do it. Critics try to stir others up. Let's be careful how we use our tongue. There are others around. A lot of times our children pick up the things that they're taught and things that are caught. And then, thirdly, we see critics can wake God's people up. You see that. What did he do? He started praying. For we are despised, turn their insults. He was talking through it, praying through it with God. That's who, we, that's who we talk to first. Criticism can be hard, but the first place we go is Jesus. We talk to him. We get in our prayer closet. We pull off on the side of the road if we got that phone call that hurt us. And we talk to God about the criticism we received. That's what he did. And he kept on going. He immediately talked with, with his boss, which was God. And he stayed at the task for the glory of God. Why? He was receiving criticism for doing something that God led him to do and to say. Now, if we are not receiving any criticism at all, as a child of God, for something that we're saying or doing based on our conviction, not trying to be odd for God or just trying to purposely tick people off. That's not what we're talking about here. And we're not talking about somebody criticizing the, the color of our socks. Somebody could criticize the color of my socks because they're black. And my, my whole outfit is blue and red and khaki. I don't know what I was thinking. That's not the kind of criticism we're talking about. Who cares what you think about my socks? I'm talking about... Things that are weighty and matter in life. If we're not receiving any criticism and we're a child of God, why not? It may be because we're just kind of following the crowd, taking the easy way out, not wanting to stir anybody up. Again, not, not intentionally. But remember what Jesus said. Blessed are you when people insert you, criticize you, say all kinds of evil against you because of me. The world out there is nuts, and we're to be salt and light. But when we go out there and we're salt and light, if we're living for Jesus, there's going to be a rub. There's going to be those that will snarl or snicker or even say and do things. And you have to be a warrior for Jesus and put on the armor every day, every day. So you get in your prayer closet, and there's three things you do when you're criticized. One, you go in there and you think about the criticism that you receive, and I'm talking about something weighty, and you get alone, and you work through it and say, they said, or they text this, or they put this on social media. I mean, man, listen, we're setting ourselves up. There's so much good in, in social media, but there can't be so much bad. People say 
pretty much whatever they want. So here's what you do. You get alone, and you think through it, and it may be, number one, you say, you know what? That is rubbish. Rubbish. That's garbage. Somebody used that recently a few weeks ago. I said, I, I, I like that word. That's a good word. It's garbage. You come out of there and say, Lord, that was garbage. That was not true. Thank you for confirming in my heart and mind that what I was saying and what I was doing was right. Let's go. See, it's being used for good. Now, secondly, here's something that might happen. It's noteworthy. Something in the circle of criticism. Okay, you got the, the upchuck. Okay, it's in the circle. Let's say it's in the circle. And you get along with Jesus, and you're looking at the circle of all that stuff. You're thinking, uh, ooh, you know what? There's an element of truth there. Let me take it, Jesus. You see, sometimes, though it can be hard, somebody says something, and we look at it in that circle, and we get along with God. Let God show you and just say, ooh, thank you, Jesus. That will help me. Just take a part of it. Throw the rest out, but take that one, that one piece. Or here's three, the third thing. It's praiseworthy because, because God used it to help you come up with a better plan. I'm telling you, it'll happen. You're saying something, you're doing something, you're going under a direction and somebody criticizes you at work or at school and it hurts and you think and you get along with God and you think ooh God in your sovereignty this was providential this is a better plan yes thank you hey God spoke through a donkey didn't he so it might be you think somebody's a donkey or you don't like them or whatever. That doesn't mean God can't speak through them. He speaks through all of us if we let him, regardless of how weak we may be and how many challenges we have. His plans, God's plans are greater than our critics' plans. So remember that. You get alone with God. And you're on that last thing, and you think, man, that whole thing is better. I'm going to go with it. It wasn't that dude's. God used that dude or dudette to help you with a better plan as far as what to say, what to do, and the future. And if we don't work through this, it'll weigh us down. And we won't keep rebuilding the wall. And it'll sidetrack us. And life's too short for that. I think about Jesus and, I mean, he was criticized. They spit on him. They cursed him. They crucified him. And he was perfect why wouldn't we think as sinful as we are that we're not going to be criticized as a child of God 
And then I think about somebody like a, a Billy Graham. And he was a great man. He was criticized too. Do you know that? There are people that criticize Billy Graham. He could take a side on something and he could be criticized from both, both, both sides. There was a group of people that criticized him during segregation saying he should have taken a harder stand. And then years later, there was a crusade. He moved the rope that was blocking the two people groups. He just went out there and just moved the rope because they wouldn't do it. So everybody could hear the gospel. And he was criticized for that. He was criticized for either, either side, on both sides, with that issue. And then I think about somebody today that we all know. He's a sports figure, Tim Tebow. My goodness. That fellow, especially several years ago, couldn't do anything right. They were just wearing him out for everything. Tebow once said, living a mission-filled life, which is all of us as a child of God should be, is not about gaining favor from others. It's about living in obedience to God. Lord, help us to not be critical of others. Help us to handle criticism properly. And Jesus, thank you for reminding us today that it can further your kingdom and give us extra passion and energy to live for you. I pray for that person that's in this room or maybe worshiping with us, Facebook Live, that's been criticized recently. Oh, God, it hurts. It's not fun. But I pray, Lord, you'll give them peace. I pray, Lord, that after your word has been spoken to their heart, that they'd have great liberty in moving forward in their life and handling it in a godly and Christ-like and gentle and kind way as you lead them. In Jesus' name, amen.